You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hi, I'm Ralph Powell, co founder and CEO of Real Vision. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Vision podcast. At Real Vision, we pride ourselves on providing the best in-depth expert analysis available to help you understand the complex world of finance, business, and the global economy. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll accept my invitation to try Real Vision Plus for 30 days for just $1. Visit realvisionpodcast.com today and join us as we navigate the financial world together. Cheers. Hi there, I'm Grant Williams, and this is not Adventures in Finance. We released the final episode of Adventures in Finance last week, and if you haven't heard it, I would thoroughly recommend doing so. We brought many of our favorite guests back for a very special episode featuring the best pieces of advice they've ever been given. What you are about to hear, however, is the first episode of Real Vision's new show, The Knock-On Effect. Now, you already know Alex. Uh, He's joined me for the last series of Adventures in Finance. From now on, he'll be joined by two other members of our editorial team here at Real Vision, Justine Underhill and Roger Hurst. Now, they're going to be talking about all kinds of things, international trade, red velvet cake, and even Charlie Munger's weird words about Bitcoin, and lots, lots more. So without further ado, I'll hand things over to them. Ladies and gentlemen, the knock-on effect. The U.S. is cracking down on trade, and that means your red velvet cake will become pink. A trade crackdown means that my red velvet cake is going to turn pink. Yes, your red velvet cake will turn pink. All right. Enjoy. This is the knock-on effect, where we start with the thing you know and end up in a weird place. I'm Justine Underhill, and joining me today, we have our guessing guru, also our jack-of-all-trades, Alex Rosenberg. Hello. Hope you enjoy that. And we have our bartering baron, the professor, joining us from an undisclosed location, Roger Hurst. Hello, good afternoon, everyone. I hope this is an accurate representation of, of what you're actually doing right now. Yeah, how is that pipe? (laughs) <laughs> so that, that, is that what I've got? Is it a proper ivory one? I don't know. Maybe. It looks wooden to me. Yeah, it looks illegal for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a lot to get to today. Uh, not only are we going to tell you about how trade relates to your favorite cakes, we're also going to talk about a major investor and what he said. And Alex will respond with a big nope. nope. Yes. For those of you following along at home, that's our final segment just to be clear. Okay, well, we have a lot going on. I want to start out with our main dish. Okay, so Alex. Yes. We have a lot of things going on with trade. Sure. Okay, Uh, the U.S. starts taxing imported solar panels. Then we have Europe uh, saying that they might start taxing bourbon and they might start taxing Harley-Davidson's and very Americana things. Sure, sure. Um, And we haven't even mentioned steel. But... I want to see, first, if you want to try taking a crack at why Uh, trade relations will make your red velvet cake, you haven't even touched it. No, I I have, is it, is red velvet cake chocolate, can we settle this, can we just, I I want to get into the whole trade thing, but 
Because I've heard it said that it's just chocolate dyed, but... It pretty much is, except I, I don't... I prefer regular chocolate over this. So the, vel- the velvet has nothing to do with the texture, just to be clear, right? No, it's just no, the, it's just the color. Just the color. Uh, why will it become pink? Well, uh, as we deal with China as a big trading partner that, that we're worried about, so maybe we're just like how we change from French fries to freedom fries, we're going to become scared of red things, and, and oh. one of those red things is red velvet cake, so we're going to say, let's, let's ease up a little bit, let's make it pink velvet cake. Wow, I really like that uh, thought. Uh, that is so off-base, but right. I, I give you credit for All that. Right, thank you. Okay, this is going to be a journey. A very windy and twisty journey, so you're going to have to stick with us. I'll try. The professor and I will guide you to the destination, we promise. Okay. Uh, But you'll need to stay with us the whole way. Okay. Before we get to the knock-on effects, we have to set up the scene a little bit. So, Roger, what's what's going on with China and Mexico and the U.S. with trade? Well, Justine, this really is all about uh, trade surpluses and trade deficits, and the U.S. has an absolute whopper of a trade deficit. What it basically means is the U.S. buys a lot more goods and it's all about trying to redress that, that imbalance, that perceived imbalance. And this, Professor, is not the first time the U.S. has cracked down on trade. No, it's not. I mean, I mean this, this whole sort of protectionist thing has got a very bad rap. You know, when you have protectionism, it, it normally attacks a certain geography or a certain industry. But that means there's a sort of a void into which others can come. And, and I think this is one of the key things people sort of forget is that, yes, if it escalates politically, it can be bad. But if you, let's say, have um, the U.S., putting tariffs on Chinese goods. And the Chinese say, well, you know what, we'll put some tariffs on agricultural products, which is a main main uh, uh, trade partner, trade area, uh, such as soya beans, then other major producers such as Latin America, parts of, uh, of Asia, and particularly Europe, could fill into that void. And therefore, one person's loss is another company's or corporate's opportunity. And, and that's actually, this is what brings us to our first knock-on effect, All right. Alex. All right. Okay, so we're on this journey. Okay. Um, and that's that as the U.S. starts to crack down on trade, other countries are going to seek new partnerships and strengthen current partnerships with other countries. Sure. Okay, so now we're getting closer to our goal. I'm going to give you a chance to guess in a few moments, Alex. Okay. But first, I'm going to give you a few more clues. Okay, Okay. so this is our next step, which is that we're going to focus on Latin America and specifically Latin America opening up free trade agreements. Peru has been the one country that has been very aggressive about opening up a lot of free trade partnerships with other countries. Um, And actually, Roger, what's Peru doing right now? So this year, and it actually began um, last year, but this year they really started getting to grips with uh, a negotiation with India. So little old Peru and big old India had their latest round of free trade talks, and this was just last month. Um, And it's one of the first times that India has negotiated a comprehensive trade deal with a Latin American country. Um, And if the trade deal goes through, Peru expects its exports to India to increase by about 12%, which I think goes up to about 1.7 billion from about 1.5. So, you know, Peru and India are getting into bed together. So as these free trade deals get negotiated, demand for Peruvian products will increase, just as Roger was talking about. Okay. Do you want to try your hand on another guess here about your red velvet cake? So so we talked about... The possible chocolate content of red velvet cake. Yes. Which you were a little cagey about it. Give <laughs> like a little bit of a hint. So, Peru, I know they make chocolate because I buy that expensive single origin oh. chocolate. It says like, you know, of 90% course, you, Peruvian. You're very Brooklyn. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're all eating Peruvian we're all, chocolate. We're all these days. a little bit Brooklyn in this. We're all, we're all Brooklynians now. Um, so, I'm going to guess that as this Peruvian chocolate, oh, maybe more Peruvian chocolate is going to go to India. And Meanwhile, in the U.S., 
uh, our red velvet cakes will be a little less less chocolatey and 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 hence a little less dark. Okay, that's pretty good. That's a yeah, that's not right, but uh, I give you credit for that. That's okay. a fair Thank guess. You. Okay, this might bug you a little bit, but Peru's uh, biggest export. A sense of pun coming. Yeah, is. Red dye. You'll, the pun will come in a few minutes. You'll figure out what it was. It's, oh. a, re, it's a very long I think game I, pun. Okay. Okay. Uh, Peru's uh, has a major export of natural red dye, and and professor, we actually have some stats on this this red dye. Yeah, that's right. It's it's production of a natural red dye called carmine, and according to some accounts, Peru has a ninety five percent share of the international market. I mean, China would be proud of this. And it creates work for tens of thousands of farms, in fact, just over 32,500, which is 1% of the total population of Peru are in this business. So, so is this like red 40, the, the flavoring, or is that artificial red dye and this is natural red dye? Is there a distinction? There is a distinction. This is natural red dye. Uh, it's really long-lasting. But the most interesting thing is what this red dye is made out of. And actually, we have some here. No, so this is this is uh, the red dye. Uh, oh, so no. I'm gonna put it on the table. It just looks like little pellets, right? Yeah, it looks like kind of like uh, what's those things that killed the kid on the life cereal? Uh, uh, oh gosh! Uh, spark rocks. Uh, pop rocks. Pop rocks. Yes. Looks like pop rocks. Yeah, it kind of looks like pop rocks. I, By the way, I don't think that thing is true about the life cereal. It's a rumor. Just put it out there anyway. It sounds like an urban it was legend. An old, I think it's an okay. urban legend. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Oh right, I know what you're talking about. Right, he mixed it with Coca-Cola apparently, and then exploded. Something like, Something like that. Okay, these will not explode you. These are actually very safe <laughs> to eat um, and to mix into your dyes or whatever. Basically, what you do is you ground them up. Okay. And we actually have some grounded up oh, right here. That's nice. It's um, nice. You ground it up, and it makes a red color. Now, what these it's pellets? A deep red. It's a deep red. What Lovely. these pellets actually are are the bodies of little tiny bugs. Oh. Cochineal bugs. Huh. And they are um, they live on these these cacti that are grown in Peru called the prickly pear. So the, it's this huge industry that they have. That seems in Peru. so hard. So you, have to, so you actually have to pluck these bugs off of the cactus and, and not get pricked. This seems very uh, not fun. It's a very labor intensive yeah. industry, Professor. Actually, we have some information on this, right? Yeah, so these are the, the cochineal insects, and, and they love living on one particular um, species of cactus, the prickly pear. Um, and they get their, their color by um, basically eating the cactus's berries, which are scattered across the leaves. And uh, once they've mm. found a place mm. to settle, these little critters don't budge, this and they stay on. there uh, basically until the workers brush them off, and that's quite a dif- difficult job. Now, it takes 70,000 insects um, to make one pound of dye. Now, let's put that in perspective. It, it makes, you know... Christmas for turkeys look pretty pretty much like a party. 70,000 insects, one pound of dye, 647 tons, 2,000 pounds in a ton. 90.5 billion of these little critters die, are pounded to death every year, so we oh. can have pink fancies from Mr. Kipling. Yeah, that sounds... Uh... Uh, wait, sorry. <laughs> Who is Mr. Kipling? He makes pies in the UK, and uh, these are... No, he does A fondant oh, okay. pie, they're lovely. Um, so, yes, right. it's, it's food. Actually, these pies will come up in a little bit. Oh, God. <laughs> but anyway, so this is used in lipsticks and all sorts of cosmetics, blushes. <laughs> really? um, yeah, this is used in a lot of things. It's used in yogurts. Actually, I have oh, no. yogurt here. Um, oh, no. And you can see, but, but it, goes okay. under, it goes under a disguised name. So carmine, as Roger was talking about. And you'll oftentimes see that listed 
on ingredients. And, and, and that means that it was these bugs that were plucked off these cacti, probably in Peru. And actually, I will say, yeah. these, this, these are from Peru. This, this bottle is a $20 bottle that I had to buy from Peru. You, bought, you went to Peru to buy it? No, I, I wish. <laughs> um, the, so I want to know more about why you would do this extremely difficult thing rather than just use Red 40 that's in the, the labs. Well, this is natural. And so there are actually some properties to this. Oh, it writes kind of red? This is, yeah, this actually, is before, we, before we get to the properties of it, I do want to show you. So if we add a little bit of water to this, okay. you'll, be, you'll see. You'll see what happens. It turns. Look at what it does. It's, it's very light. It's very lovely. It's like kind of a cranberry, um, yeah. cranberry color. But it can be, the more you use, it can be very, Palette very is a, deep. Aroma is a bit waxy, I would say. And um, Oh, it's wine tasting it's, knowledge here. Oh, wow. Oh. Don't. don't. Oh, but, oh, man. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that drinking that straight. Whew. That needs to decant a bit. Yes. Okay, so, Professor, oh. can you. <laughs> Why did you not stop me? Right. I was I was Sorry. excited to see where I, I only smelled these. I didn't actually taste it. Yeah. So you're our guinea pig here. Thanks for doing that. Guinea now pigs actually eat uh, those little no, Oh yeah, sorry. probably. <laughs> okay, so Professor, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what this this does in, in Peru, at least for the Peruvian economy? Yeah, sure. It, it's um, I mean these these nineteen and a half billion bugs or six hundred and forty seven tons that they export every year. It doesn't have a massive value, so each one is uh, is not really adding that much. But it's a forty-six million dollar business at the moment. Um, but what's really kind of been key here is that again, this is an area where prices have risen. So six hundred and forty-seven tons today, export value forty-six million, five hundred and thirty-one tons back in two thousand and thirteen was twenty-two million. So over the over the past four years, the price per ton has risen by 73%. So for those 32,600 farmers, this has been a big deal over the last three or four years. And it's very difficult to increase the supply. So it's a, it's a fairly locked supply, at least in... in you, can't, you can't grow these bugs in a, in a lab, like uh, you, artificial No, it, it's, they're mostly done uh, in greenhouses um, in the sense where they have all these cacti and then they, they harvest the cacti. Oh, right, because they need to eat the... They need, yeah. And they so, need to eat the red stuff. Yeah. Exactly. They have to get the red berries. Can you feed red berries to just a different kind of animal and then grind that up? You know, that's a very good question. I, for some reason, this has been the popular... I mean, this has been going on since the 15th century. This has been going wow. on for, for centuries. So do you see where we're going with this? Okay, so yes, we had... I think I do. Cracking down on trade. Do you want to take it for us? I'm going to try to solve the puzzle. Sure. So as the U.S. cracks down on trade with partners like China... Uh, those other countries, China will look to trade with other countries, trade agriculturally with other countries. One of those countries, particularly for China, is Peru. And so the Peruvians will end up sending more of these um, very, very beautiful, tiny, pounded up insect pellets to China. And instead of having and, and, oh, yeah. and so instead of using something that's that rich red color for red velvet cake, we use something that's a little bit lamer. And as, as Szechuan food gets the color it needs, um, our red velvet cakes will become more dull. <laughs> you're, you're pretty much there, actually. And so we, we have some... What do you mean uh, pretty much? Yeah, I mean, you're, it was India, really, because they're, they, oh, we had the sorry, whole thing with India and, and Peru, and they're forming this relationship, ah. and they expect Doses exports. will become more red. Yes. There you go. Okay. Or, yeah, whatever, whatever 
things they use. Uh, maybe holy. Maybe use some more red red dyes there. Um, so, but don't so, they have enough red dye in India? They do have a lot of red dye in India. But even so, I mean, it's, it's sort of the bigger thing where Peru is establishing all these trade relationships mm. with all these other countries. And so because of that demand. So the chocolate the, was just a red herring. Ha, 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 ha. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks nice for joke. the genuine yeah, laugh. That was, that was, that was a good joke. Oh I give God. you, uh, as, a, as a fan of puns, oh I, I appreciate God. that. Okay, so... Basically, um, we have some interesting facts here. Okay. Um, Finally. Premier, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Premier Foods, which okay. Roger is, had mentioned before because they make the Mr. Kipling cakes. <laughs> these, these, the Mr. Kipling's cakes you'd have, you know, it'd be afternoon tea up in the similar tea plantations. You'd have your tea um, and, and a nice little cake with a fondant top. Okay. So, and they've said that they use carmine to dye a lot of their food products, and they mm. continue to use it. But they did say that they might switch over. I mean, partly for the vegetarian reason. That's certainly been an issue. Interesting. I mean, vegetarians have been Interesting really that red velvet it. cake is not vegetarian. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of vegetarians don't care that much because about bugs. Because it's basically a plant. I mean, bugs are, yeah. They're not uh, high. They're not, there's right. not much going on. Right. So, uh, but so partly for the vegetarian reasons and partly for, um, you know, possibly cost reasons. I mean, this is a big thing. As we were talking about how the cost of this uh, dye has gone up so drastically over the past few years, um, that's another reason to possibly cut back on that. So they have been exploring other alternatives to this, but they say it's very difficult to find something that has a color that lasts this long. Mm. So this is one of the more permanent ones. So this overall will make your red velvet you know cake what? a little bit less <sighs> red. I actually believe you. Yeah? I actually believe you. Yes. Which it might not be such a, there is a certain residual bitterness on, on this. Uh... I would be careful about eating too much of that. Really? <laughs> It doesn't say approved. This this one is uh, for clothing dye, so I just... Oh, my <laughs> God. Just me. But it's all the same thing. It's the bug. They use it, so it should be fine. Should be fine. All right, anyway. thanks. Well, you, you, anyway, you got us here. You, you, so thank you. Congratulations. And do you have any final thoughts on that? Hey, you know you know what? I actually do. This is, this is sure. genuine, real thought, is that it's kind of like the global economy is so complicated, sort of, People talk about chaos theory and how one small thing can affect a big thing everywhere. Actually, they say a butterfly, which is yeah, butterfly another thing. insect. One, one people probably would be more reticent about eating, I think. But Oh, yeah. Anyway, people say one small thing can lead to... And this is a perfect example. Like, you know, campaign trail bluster about we need to get rid of this, this is a bad deal, can lead to all of a sudden, next thing you know, your, your red velvet cake is, is less red. There, there's so many impacts that, that the, the global equilibrium, once you just pull a string a little bit or, or push it, so many things change. So rather than the butterfly effect, we now have the coconut effect. Very good. I like that. Okay, and with that, I'm going to say it's time to uh, bugger off. No. Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, I feel like Roger would, would accept that one. Okay. <laughs> okay, so now, Alex, I'm going to turn it over to you for our nope. Yes, this is a segment called Nope, um, where we take something that, recently happened in the world of finance and say, nope. So Charlie Munger, the second most important person at Berkshire Hathaway behind Warren Buffett and a brilliant investor, recently told Yahoo Finance that trading Bitcoin is similar to trading, and a quote, freshly harvested baby brains. Oof. To which I say, nope. 
So I guess what Charlie is saying is that Bitcoin is in a bubble that's parting fools from their money. So if you're trading it, you're taking part in that ruse, right? Yeah. That, that's the idea. And I'm sympathetic, actually, to the argument that Bitcoin maybe isn't worth as much as, as its trading form, might not be worth anything. I, I, understand. I don't want to get into that whole debate. But no matter your view about Bitcoin, the idea that an asset you can trade, that trading that asset is similar to trading an asset that um, is, well, baby brains, that is, is a view that I'm going to put in the nope column here. The idea that willing buyers and sellers meet on the field of combat we call the markets is part of what it makes investing so beautiful, that you have your opinion, I have my opinion, we meet up, you buy, I sell, I sell, you buy, whatever, and that the actual price reflects the price in the markets reflects what the actual value is. So it's very patronizing to say, this person's so stupid, I'm not going to meet up with them on that field of battle. Which it, is what Charlie Munger was doing. Right, saying, saying you have to draw set limits, even if this person wants to trade with me, I'm not going to trade with them, even if I have the opposite view. So that's not a good look, and it's not a moral view. Because if I'm going to let markets do their own crazy thing and not get involved, then that market will not actually contain good information about what the price is worth. And by the way, if Bitcoin is in a bubble because the price is going up, it means the price is going up, means the price is going up, and only people who think the price is going up are allowed to interact in that market, that's only going to increase the extent of the bubble. Ah. So that brings me to my next point, which is that I wouldn't advocate buying baby brains because that would send a message that we need more. And that would oh, be, increased demand. Yes, which would be bad, immoral, wrong, yeah. synonyms. Um, but I see a case for shorting baby brains in the world that you could trade them. Now, uh, shorting, of course, is where you sell something now, buy it back later. Or if it's on a futures exchange, you just press sell and you're interacting with someone who's buying it. So it's a zero-sum market. There's just one contract and you're on either side. Might, might be hard to short. It also might be hard to short Bitcoin, although Bitcoin do trade on the Chicago Mercantile it's Exchange. It's pretty hard to short. But, but you, can, you can short it by trading could a futures contract, yeah. right? Just like I see a good case for shorting baby brains, I see a good case for shorting Bitcoin, especially if you think that it's in a bubble, like I was talking about. And so that would be the moral thing to do. The moral thing to do, I think, and the thing that would make you money is to, is to just sell it short, which would make him money, would make market prices more accurate, and would make the less sucker less likely to be drawn in to this asset that seems to be headed to the moon. So Berkshire, I should note, is not famous for taking short positions, doing short-term futures trades, any of that stuff. They're the masters of, of buy and hold, of value investing. But that doesn't mean that traders and people who do make these short-term calls are doing something wrong. And if you believe that Bitcoin is in a bubble, then shorting Bitcoin to make money is as easy as taking candy from a... Fully-brained baby. Roger, what do you think? Yes. Uh, gobsmacked the thought that he even came up with that, but totally in agreement with the idea and the concept. It, it's not It's even not even a real saying. It's like not a common thing people say, no. is it? Yeah. I, I chalk it up to him being 94 years old. Great investor. Nothing against Charlie Munger. Smart guy. But yeah, this, this was a bridge bridge to nope. All right. Then on that note. On that Al nope? On that nope. Yeah, sir. Alex and Roger, thank you guys so much. And that wraps it up for this week's Knock on Effects. We will see you back here next week. Yes, we have a new episode every week that comes out on Real Vision. You can also, if you don't want to look at us, you just want to listen to us, head to iTunes or your podcast app. Look for Real Vision Presents, and you'll see the podcast version every week. And for more on the markets and the economy, you should check out realvision.com backslash knock on effect. 
and you can sign up for your free 14-day trial there. Yeah, you can watch all the videos you want, cram it into your brain. Get all the knowledge. And then just don't pay us, that's fine. Just just, just enjoy it and then go, go away. Or pay us. Or pay us, that's fine. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. All right, see you guys next week. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.